Hey, everyone. On this week's episode of Untucked, we are talking about the recent market volatility and investors' reactions to it. We are discussing the coronavirus, and then we wrap up with a situation we found on the internet, a husband and wife who make a lot of money but don't have much saved for retirement and how we would recommend they kind of proceed with their situation. Enjoy. The opinions expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project. Nothing discussed on this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice. Welcome to episode 24 of Untalked. This is Megan. Mike. This is Jeff. Uh, did you guys know that there are approximately, and Mike, you're not going to agree with this, there are approximately 49 million bubbles in a bottle of champagne? I'm not disagreeing. I think, <laughs> oh God. Uh, why, would, why would I not agree with that? Because your immediate response is going to be, how the hell would they even measure how many bubbles are in champagne? Sure, they can measure. How? <laughs> how can anyone? Science. Appro- Science. <laughs> <laughs> There's also 90 PSI of pressure in a bottle of champagne. And your car tire is about 35. So it's about two and a half times the pressure in your car tire. Just interesting. Okay. Interesting for some people, sure. <laughs> um. Billy Sports, Jeff. Oh, let me tell you. Back from Clearwater. Oh, Spring training baseball. <laughs> Fruit League. Let's hear all about it. Spring training baseball. Man, it was Yikes. exciting. Let me tell you. You can you can keep it. My first time going. Really? I'll first probably I'll probably never go back. Really? So full price admission, right? It was like twenty eight to forty bucks a ticket. I forget exactly how much. Nice weather though, nice day. You're at the ballpark. Don't you love that? Um, yeah, it's just the, the park is cool. It's small. So you're really close to the players, really close. Um, the baseball was bad. It was a really, really, really boring game. And that's saying that something. Is saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're talking about baseball. It was even worse than like a real game. Yeah. You know, uh, what was cool because Harper was there, Roman Quinn was there, Reese Hoskins was there. I mean, they were all there for two or three innings. After that, they're gone. Like, they literally, I think they leave the stadium. <laughs> Did your um, kids like it? Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, at the seventh inning, I was like, everybody ready to wrap it up? Like, why would we have to stick around for all nine innings of a spring training game? Fair point. Um, so, yeah, we wrapped it. And uh, I think the most exciting part was my kids saw like a Lamborghini that was parked out back. And it was Andrew McCutcheon's. One of the guys who worked there was like, yep, yeah, that's Andrew McCutcheon's. It was orange. So Tyler's head like exploded. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty boring. Like I was there with the fam. So it's not like the wife and I got there early, pulled up at a bar, got a bite to eat, had a few drinks. I mean, it wasn't. I'm sure that was kind of the scene for most people. Yeah. The outfield was cool. You can sit on the grass. But I had like three, four kids with me and it, and my in-laws, which are all great people. I love them. <laughs> it just, I, I probably won't go back. Okay. But I'm telling you, pennant race, World Series. Oh, I'm Jesus feeling it. Christ. What? Yeah. Oh, we're yeah. Not, we're not doing this. We're not even are going anything. all the way. Oh. Roman Quinn did like... Didn't even like care to like look at us and sign a baseball. I don't even know who that is. He got hurt last season. He was out like oh, last okay. season. But. Okay. All right. So Jeff's totally optimistic about the Phillies. Um, I was. So I've been out of town for a week. I mean, what happened with the Fly Guys and the Sixers? I'll be quick. Sixers on the West Coast. They lost to the Clippers and then the Lakers. Embiid's not playing. Ben Simmons isn't playing. Josh Richardson has a nose contusion. Simmons and Embiid are still not playing? Yeah, neither of them even traveled. Wow. Josh Richardson got hurt in the Clippers game. Shake Milton had the game of his career against the Clippers, and actually it was a competitive game. He had 39 points? Yeah. I caught um, a little bit of that. 
They lost to the Lakers. I didn't even watch. It was a 10 p.m. game. They play Sacramento tonight. Not going to watch. 10 p.m. game. And then they go to Golden State. So it would be awesome if they came back with one win. The Kings and Warriors are both so bad, but so are the Sixers. They're in sixth right now, right? Are they in sixth? I think they're in sixth. Check your standings. It doesn't look good for the Sixers. Did anyone watch Jeopardy last night? I saw the clip you're talking about. Oh, the Embiid clip? Yeah. I'm watching it. I was oh, watching it watching live. It? I was you watching watch it live. Jeopardy? You're a Jeopardy watcher? We weren't doing anything last okay. night. We got back from wherever the hell we were, and they put Jeopardy on. And Yeah, they are in six. Like the question, well, they're tied for six. The question was like nicknames of current professional players. And the guy, it, it was clearly the answer was the process. Yeah. And the guy said, like, do a 180. Yeah. It was awful. So Dude, the sports answers on Jeopardy are legendary because you're talking about people nerds. that have never watched or participated in a sport for the most part <laughs> in their life. The sports were like the music answers, yeah. <laughs> the modern music. So Embiid changed his Twitter like name to um, – do a 180. Joel, do a 180 Embiid. And then he tweeted this clip from when he played, I don't even know, it might have been like middle school or high school. The yellow jerseys? Yeah. He comes down the court and has gets the ball passed to him under the basket to shoot a layup and like somehow ends up out of bounds and does a 180 to turn the ball over. Wow, that's good research by him, finding that clip. I It's a, like a, it's a clip that's kind of been out there for a while, okay. but Sixers stink. <laughs> Can we talk about something Meg, else? Meg has done a 180 from the beginning of this season. I'm going to the Pacers game next week and five Pacers, six Sixers, same record. So it's going to be a big game. Wow. Talk to me about the Fly Guys, Trains. Um, you got to give me different commentary hello. than you give every every podcast. They've won seven in a row. They're the best wow. team in the, in the league right now in terms of the way they're playing. They're... They are so. There's a there's a um, one of these sites that does like odds to win the cup, and it's it, there's some algorithm that takes into account how you're playing like recently, not just your record or odds to make the play. It's and they actually are the favorite to win the cup according wow. to this. Wow. Well, it's because they're on a seven game win streak. Well, and it's more than just seven games. It's really the last like three months. But they're one point out of first place. They just. Kicked the Capitals' ass last night in Washington, who's in first place. So they're one point out of first. Like two weeks ago, they were in the mix to maybe be on the bubble at all, and they are just rolling, rolling. And they're scoring goals. They're they're not winning fluky wins. They're they're literally dominating for the most part. They're probably the team that no one wants to play right now. Wow, at all. Um, new coach this year. Yeah, and it's actually three head coaches. Like, there's an actual head coach, but his two assistants are former heads, which is okay. like kind of unprecedented, I think. So they have legit like expertise coaching on the bench. behind yeah. the bench, and I, I mean, it's hard to say how much that. It's a completely different team than last year. Like all these young guys are playing out of their minds. They are, but I think it, you just see such better chemistry out there. They just are playing awesome. So nobody's calling for Simmer to come back. Who? Who's Simmer? <laughs> he's now two. T he's on Buffalo now. Is, it, is, it, is he two years removed now, or is he? This is our first year without him. Yeah, he is. Um, geez, what? I don't even know. He, this this might be just the first year. Okay, but he's now on his second team. This I year. just think it's a drastically different team. There's so many new names on this. On uh, the really? Yeah. Who's the guy ton. with three three last names? What's his You've name? You've talked about him before. I know, but I keep forgetting his name. <laughs> Nick Obey Kubel. <laughs> Duh. And he's a fourth liner, but he's he's contributing. He's playing great. But, but he wasn't the, on the team last year. He, right. He was in the minors, but the core guys <laughs> who are on the power play, the core guys who are... Who? Kutz, uh, <laughs> Voracek, and Giroux? Konechny. Konechny, all right. Right? Well, he, Defenseman, Provera. I mean, it's the same guys. Okay, all right. I mean, Kevin Hayes is new, obviously, and he's, he's major win. Yeah, they're just playing great. You want so to be there? They're like almost a lock to make the playoffs, even if they go on a tailspin. How many games do we have left, roughly? Um, probably fifteen. Wow. So yeah, they're a lock to make the playoffs. And they're fifteen games. They're like 
I wouldn't be surprised if they win the division and play home, play the Dude. first series at home. Jumping on the bandwagon. You're in, Megs. Big but, so here, in. here's the final statement I'll say. Since they were in the Stanley Cup finals, which they lost. Blackhawks? Yeah. 2012, I'm going to guess. So it's eight years ago. This is the best that they've been. The best moment in Flyers history in the last eight years no is doubt. right now how they're playing, how much they're and, and how legit they're playing. It's not just oh they're winning some game. They are literally playing well. No doubt because they've sucked since the Stanley Cup. Yeah, there's been they've moments sucked. like they've they made in... the playoffs since then. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then squeaked the... <laughs> in and then got their asses kicked. <laughs> right. They've sucked since they lost anyway, the Blackhawks. That's all on the Flyers. They're in. They're they're just like. And you can you can see the bandwagon people are are yeah. coming out. That's exciting, man. I was going to try to get down there for a game, but it's probably going to cost me an arm and a leg now. Pricey so. now. Yeah. Um, Jason Peters. Did they let him go? Yeah. Yeah, it's like official. So a Dillard's fish. our man, huh? A fish. So did they let him go? Like, can he sign somewhere else? Yeah, he's like testing the free agent. Ugh, he's a hundred thirty-eight years old, and he's like. Like the Terminator when he was at the end of the movie, <laughs> completely destroyed. Like he's useless. Like he's got a one and a half legs. <laughs> yes. So, are we doing him like we did Brian Dawkins? No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, uh, maybe. Um, couldn't we have just like signed him as an ambassador? I guess he still wants to play. Right. Like he's got he's no chance. Most underrated eagle. Ever, I mean, JP. he's not underrated because he's all pro and all that. But like, you don't he doesn't usually talk about him like yeah. all Jason those Peters. other like skill position yeah. guys. I mean, he's going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, isn't that a kind of a guy you just want to sign for one more year and let him retire as an Eagle? Well, what do you want to sign he... Seth Joyner because he's like a Hall? I mean, he's not a Hall of Famer, but you know what I mean. He's too old. He's not. He's. Like I mean, a, maybe someone will pay him. Maybe a shitty team will pay him. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think he should go get paid. Yeah, That's I mean, if he any... can get paid, I'd be all for that. But how do you cut? Well, how does a guy like that come back from all that damage at that age and that size? Yeah, you don't. He's enormous. Yeah. <laughs> Coach's Corner. The first article is called Nine Things That Happen to Investors When Volatility Increase. So both of these are pretty timely in light of um, the U.S. stock market the last two weeks. Phil Perlman, excuse me, wrote, writes for his blog, Eight Fat Swine. And then Ben Carlson wrote a similar article, 12 Things That Won't Help You During a Market Correction, from his blog, A Wealth of Common Sense. Phil's article is pretty self-explanatory as he lists things that many, many people are guilty of doing in light of market volatility. Um, After this last week, I'm sure if you polled any number of investors, the honest ones would admit to a handful of these reactions. Ben's article is a bit more tongue-in-cheek, reflecting on things that won't be of any help during market volatility, say like motivational quotes or comparing your portfolio to your neighbors. Our experience, at least generally with our clients, was actually pretty good, right? Um, Not to say that they weren't reacting in their homes, but we weren't hearing a ton of, we weren't getting a lot of feedback. Yeah, I mean, I'll just, that last point, Yes. Yeah, so so February nineteenth was the the high, the all time high, and then it, it was it declined fifteen percent from there in this matter of about seven days. And we didn't hear much at that point. And I I think I said to you, Meg, yeah, if this continues, we have another like duplication of this in the yeah. following week. We're going to start to hear a lot. That didn't really happen because we had a couple of massive up days and kind of offsetting the next day, which is down the same amount. And that's what we're, we're dealing with now. Um, but I think that going to the article, a couple of the points I resonate with me, <clears throat> excuse me. One is which article I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking at um, Ben's article right now where he says like, here's something that won't help you. Your copy of thinking fast and slow. That's a Daniel Kahneman book that talks about all the behavioral biases that we all have. Like in, in for instance, like hindsight bias, bias, which is, oh, I knew this was going to happen. I've been saying it all along because it's easy to say that once it's happened. Um, and his point is, like, if I remind you that you have all these biases, it's not going to help you when you're just, when you're just getting emotional about the fact that markets are down 
huge. And it's yeah. true. And when you tell somebody, ah, turn off the noise, ignore the noise, it doesn't help. It's People are going to pay attention to the noise and it kind of is pretty idiotic to just say to somebody, turn it off, even though we do say that. Yeah. Um, but I think his point here is that, hey, live in the real world. You know, the noise is there. It's actually amplified. People aren't turning. Almost nobody can turn it off. And everybody pays attention to it. So kind of just you deal with it is his point. I'm, I'm amazed at how strong hindsight bias is. Like even being in this business and being a planner, when you see, you know, it was earlier this week or the end of last week, it was off 15%. Even I felt like, Man, I guess you could have saw that coming, right? I mean, it started going down and Corona keeps spreading. Like, of course it's down 15. When I think a week or two prior, it did the same thing. It lost like 5%, then it bounced back pretty quickly. But it just, I even feel the same way. I mean, we're all obviously um, susceptible to it. I just can't get over how strong it is. So I have a friend who, um, on that Friday, when it was down at the low, 15% from the high, he was complaining very vocally to me about his own stocks that have been hammered along with everything. So every single stock pretty much got repriced. And he's like, well, what is the, what is um, XYZ company have to do with the virus? I mean, are people like, it was something that didn't have an obvious connection. And I said, I said, this is a repricing of everything. If global commerce is impacted in a big way, every single company is impacted. Right. You know, everything. Um, and he was kind of complaining about it, like saying, my, my stock shouldn't have been punished. Uh, and then his other point was, this was just the market waiting for an excuse to sell off. It's been too high. It was a, it was a matter of time. It's that perfect hindsight bias. So then I get a text from him. He's probably going to listen to this and give me crap. <laughs> then I get a text from him on Monday when the market, when the Dow was up a thousand points and the market was up, you know, 4% or whatever. Yep. Dip. Told yourself it, it was... And it's one day. And then the next day, it gives it all back. And Why doesn't he again. start like day trading? He yeah. sounds like he'd be really good at it. I'm, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I'm trying to get you in trouble. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just like, it's just the, the um, well, anyway, go ahead, Jeff. Uh, those, those were my main sort of observations, which were the, the, the ignore the noise advice is really just kind of, yeah. If you can if you can be a planner and explain this stuff to someone when they're when you're onboarding them when they're making the decision to either hire you or not I think it can help in these situations. I think if we do a good job on the front end explaining to people we don't time the market. When it gets crushed we're not going to do anything other than rebalance your portfolio and do the things that we can control. And I think if you do a good job on the front end explaining that to people, our phones won't ring off the hook. And we've seen that. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm I think we've seen that in that. the last five to to eight years or so when we have pullbacks like this. Our, I mean, we have clients coming in the door and like, oh, you guys must be uh, yeah. must be getting a lot of calls. We're not right. getting a lot of calls because I think we've done a pretty good job on the front end explaining to people what we do for them and how we don't control the markets. And then on top of that, I think part of it is our clients hire us because they don't want to have to worry about this. And if there is an issue, Jeff or Megan or Mike or Owen or Liv or Beck or one of them will call me and tell me it's time to do something. And if I don't hear from them, I'm good. So Peter Malouk, who runs Creative Planning, um, was talking about his firm is enormous now, very successful, and they do it the right way. They, they, they're very similar to the way that we view the world, the markets, planning centric, comprehensive, all that. He was talking about the the biggest growth and what put him on the map was 0809. When prior to that, he would you know describe to his clients, this is something like this is going to happen, and what we're going to do is we're going to rebalance and we're going to be, and that's exactly what he did. And the net result, because remember the the recovery in 09 was very steep, very yeah. quick, and if you were sitting around like uninvested you were way behind and you probably never caught up yeah um he said you know we were rebalancing we were buying stocks and in the span of like four or five days the returns the positive returns were so huge that all of those clients recovered so quickly and then they look look at it a year later and they say 
you were like, this yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah. I'm going to tell my friends. Yeah. And that's exactly how his firm kind of got, uh, you know, supercharged their growth and all that, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I think that's, that just reminds me, Jeff, you're, you're talking about that. And that's going to be the result of at the end of this, whether it takes another month or year or whatever, yeah. firms like ours hopefully do really, really well um, coming out of this because our clients do well coming out of it because they have contingency plans. They have other places that they don't have to sell stocks into a, a, a bear market or, or a correction. You just said it. And, have- and, we've, and, and we've told them. This is not like if this stuff happens, it's when. Yeah. And here's what the, here's the when. They have a plan. And if you go into this stuff without a plan, then yeah, you're going to look at PE ratios and back tests and motivational quotes and what your friends do. I mean, that's if you don't have a plan, that's what you're going to do because you don't have a plan, so you're looking for help. And I think that's where a lot of investors that are on their own get in trouble. And I feel like at least it's, this is my personal opinion of the last like couple of weeks. The markets have repriced by 10%, 15 whatever it is. I think that's fair. I think that's about right. Because this is going to be, it's going to have a major economic impact. Clearly, it might be short term, might be a couple of quarters. But that's meaningful. That means that these stocks need to be repriced. They're going to they're gonna take hits to revenues and profits. Stuff's going to slow down. Um What's wrong with that? This was all unforeseeable. Nobody can sit here and, and say, well, we, we heard about this in January. Why weren't we getting out then? Right. <laughs> right. What? I think all of that being said, and I completely agree, it's important to recognize that like this does create, there's an emotional reaction to all of this. And like as much as we are able to remove ourselves from it and be somewhat objective, this is, I mean, people are seeing big numbers in red when they look at their accounts online. And I had a conversation with a client today that was about something else, but she brought it up and she didn't say it in necessarily a, there was no accusing tone and it, it was, you know, did you see that it was off $90,000? And, you know, it's just important. And I think that's the key in what we do is that there's somebody on the other side of the phone when they deal with that. Yeah. Right. Like they're not calling a call center, they're not having to enter, like they're not going through a, a prompt to get to somebody. I mean, they call two rings later, the person that they met with three weeks ago picks up the phone. In situations like this, whether it's via email, I had an email exchange with a new client last week, that phone call today, like I think that is so valuable from an emotional standpoint. And that's unquantifiable. I mean, yeah. you can't put a number on. It's such that. a good point because in the news was that Vanguard and Fidelity and Robinhood, mm-hmm. their websites were down for significant periods of time. And I think if you're an investor logging on and you've experienced that, it makes you more anxious because you probably just assume that, oh, everybody's like selling. I got to I gotta figure out a way to sell. Um, the other thing was, so I had a client call me and this particular client always looks at the worst performing position to say, oh, we should sell that, right? And, and then I kind of joked with this client and I said, oh, I thought you were calling me to say the bonds are finally doing their job. <laughs> right, right. Because <laughs> they're up 4% in the, in, through all this where you right. know, stocks are down 10 So, And it reminded me of all the situations we see people come through the door and they show us their current you know, portfolio and it's, you know, 60% in cash and maybe 40% in stocks, no bonds. And we call that the old barbell. And this is a perfect example of why that's so bad for you to be like, eh, I don't like bonds. They're only paying one and a half percent. Well, this is when they're like your hero. Right. Yeah. No, I think I agree with you, Meg. Uh, And Mike, you said something earlier that made me think, had, had me thinking about it, which was, um, just having that person that you can call up and even, I mean, we see it even adults in their sixties and seventies, they just want to pick up the phone and hear someone say it's going to be okay. You know, it's like when you're freaking out and you, you want your doctor to say, don't worry about it. You know, we're, you know, you have cancer, but it's stage one and we have a way, we have a way to deal with it. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And they make you feel more comfortable. And I think they, they need that from us. Even if they know it and they know everything that we've told them yeah. when, we, when, when they became a client, 
just having the ability to pick up the phone and have someone tell you it's going to be okay. This is what we're going to do. Even if they knew what you were going to say, yeah. just hearing it makes them feel better. A lot of our clients repeat, they hedge before asking what we're going to do. They say, I know what you're going to say, but. <laughs> yeah. 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 And they do. They, after 10 minutes, they feel better. Yeah. They're, and like you said, Megan, I, I can't agree with you more. Like, there's so much value in that and you can't quantify it. And how many people are out there that are doing this on their own without an advisor that are just, I can't imagine trying to go through times like this because the financial stuff is scary, but then you got to deal with this whole coronavirus thing, which is scary. I was asking Jeff earlier that he just got back from a plane trip to Florida and I was curious if any behavior has changed with people like, you know, being on a plane or in airports and crowded places. Cause I mean, I think it's anyway, that's my question. What do you, what do you got? I didn't see anything different from a travel standpoint other than, you know, people traveling with masks on more, more masks than, than before. Not that I think we doctor trainer and Dr. Tate clarified that the mask isn't going to do much for us in this situation. Yeah. Last. I but, think it was um, Huffington Post. Who but I mean, everyone's over. still checking in on the old touch screen, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean, every, like there's, I didn't see any behavior that was. Anyone wiping down their seats? My, or my, their... my wife and, and she was handing out yeah. um, things to, to my children to wipe down literally everything. Yeah. Um, the tray, the back of the chair in front of yep. you, the window, yep. everything, everything got wiped down. Except for Colin and I, we didn't wipe anything up. <laughs> um, no, I, I think what I did notice is I was more aware and just more cautious. Not that I was cautious, just more concerned. I'm like, as I'm traveling, when literally when anyone coughed, I was like, Ugh. <laughs> don't, don't go near that person. Yeah. Uh, and just more, it got me more uptight and more anxious about the coronavirus in particular, just sitting there going, Man, in two weeks, half of this airport's going to have masks on. And it's, it's. I mean, it's spreading, dude. Like, it, literally, every article you read, like, more people are dead in Italy. More people are dead here. More people. I mean, it's just continuing to spread. And it's got me more anxious than, like, I'm more concerned about that than what the hell's going to happen to the market. And schools being shut down and being quarantined in your house. I mean, I just start spiraling, knowing that that's, it, that we're going to have a solution. They're going to figure it out. It's not as deadly as the flu, but it's still. Well, it is more. It's more deadly than the flu. Is that confirmed now? Because they just, they were saying it wasn't. I've never seen anything said that it wasn't. The flu is 0.1%. This is, they're saying three, but it's probably lower than that. But like 3%. Uh, that's enormous. Yeah. And if that's, if that ends up happening, obviously there'll be massive amounts of deaths and dealing with that part of it's the obviously the worst part but it will pass and it'll sure. it'll end if that's the case it'll end up being a really horrific pandemic that likely took out a lot of like old and sick people mostly of course none of us are experts on it so i don't want to sound like i, I obviously don't know what i'm talking about but i do i do i would recommend there's a youtube channel dr john graham Every morning he gets on, he's from the UK, and he does about 15 or 20 minutes, and he just recaps what's going on, the facts that are going on in all the various countries. Extremely educational. He is just very matter-of-fact. And if you believe that this guy knows what he's talking about, which sounds like he does, he's, been, he's very, very concerned about particularly the Western countries and the fact that they have just, like, are not dealing with this... Um, preparedness wise like we should and like it literally is 100 percent guaranteed to just massively spread and not to, and most people that get it aren't gonna but like what be could sick. what could what could you do about it other than not go anywhere or yeah well or he engage was, with he people. was using the example like china literally shut it down china contained yeah. it because they they just shut everything down right we'll never do that how can you shut down like i don't like you don't know if anyone's got it Right. He's going to shut everything down now? Yeah, exactly. I guess you could, right? Yeah. So. yeah, and I think preparedness goes beyond that the quarantine aspect. It's what are our how is our healthcare system and our healthcare facilities set up to to accept people who have it. Right. Like that's but I We're not preparing for it is what he was saying. Yeah, and I think the issue is that 
there's the, the vast majority of people that are infected with it don't know it and maybe yeah. won't even know it and maybe won't even ever have a symptom, but yet they're going to infect other people. Oh, really? There's yeah. people that can carry it and oh, or yeah. that are carrying it and they don't even yeah. feel it. Yeah. And that's what he calls like community spreading, which is the worst part. It just, and if it turns out to, it will like, by the way, like this, I looked it up, the swine flu of 10 years ago. I don't even remember that, man. Right. It didn't really impact like business very much or markets very much. Um, but it infected over a billion people on the planet. Wow. And in the U.S., like 12,000 plus people died, which is kind of normal fluish kind of stats. Yeah. But it infected a ton of people. And, but most people never had any symptoms. I don't know why this one, like the swine flu, H1N1. Th um, this one is number one, no, no vaccine anytime soon. Yep. And that's one issue. And I think it's just, just the mortality rate when they're throwing around percentages like two and three percent, that's huge. Yeah, I just for some reason this one is is got me more anxious yeah. than than the other ones did, <clears throat> and I I guess it's just because I guess part of it is just more of the social aspect in the way that we absorb news and information today. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, every day I'm getting an update on what's right. going on, who for died. Sure. And I'm like, holy shit, The media man. hysteria is, is like, bad. Like, I'm walking around the airport, and I'm like, this probably isn't good that we're just walking around the airport with all of these people around. And how come no one's got a hazmat suit on? Like, I feel like that's how you should be. And I, literally, the, my entire vacation, that's what I was thinking. Like, man, probably in a month or so, this isn't going to be happening the way it's happening right now. Right. One thing I one thing I saw or read that was kind of like ugh, it's disgusting, but Jeff, you'll appreciate this. Someone made a comment about how they've never been in a men's room, like in an airport, and seen so many men washing their hands. Which means most men don't wash their hands. Right. right. And I've I've it's always tough. they literally I'd say the majority walk right out, or or at least a sizable percentage yeah. walk right out. Yeah, that happens a ton. What's what? up with that? <laughs> but the washing of hands that that's the by the way this doctor's like if you do anything five times an hour it's that wash your hands don't touch your face and that yeah yeah we're giving out <laughs> coronavirus <laughs> advice right now but yeah I'm I'm, I'm I'm interested to see where the hell it goes I mean it, but I mean you've already seen JP like financial institutions and major companies have already said no travel yeah stay home Work from home. Work from home, right. Schools will close, most likely. They've already, in Seattle, they've closed them. I mean, I think it's just a matter of time where that's a, I mean, travel is a big part of, tra I mean, commerce will be major. I, that's why I mean, I think the market decline is, makes total sense to me. Right. And it's temporary. I mean, a year from now, it's probably back. Yeah. If not more, but we're just going to deal with a rough year, I think. Tune in next week for our Corona yeah, update. Yeah. We're gonna have for the update. This is the first yeah. time I I have two flights. I have a flight booked in March and a flight booked in April, and it's the first time I've ever bought insurance on a flight. Because you may you may bag it, depending on yeah, yeah on what's going the on the state of affairs. Now they're both yeah, domestic well my, flights. So my not... one daughter is scheduled to go to Italy with her school for ten days, oh, thirteen shit. days in June. That ain't happening. No, I they're mean, talking I about the Olympics. Highly doubt. That, yeah, the, right. Yeah, that's, I heard about that. Yeah. They're, I mean, there's no way they can hold the Olympics, can they? I, I mean, it's I Tokyo? think they're... Yeah, I think they're getting up to the point where it's... There's no way. Going to be canceled. They yeah. have to. You can't put all those people... Right, assuming there's not a vaccine developed in the next, like, month. Yeah, it's what, June? Summer, yeah, yeah July. Man, maybe, but... That's crazy. You know what my father-in-law told me today as we're waiting for the shuttle bus to pick us up? Is it about corona? Because I have yeah. one more thing. Oh, okay. That they discovered that a human passed the coronavirus to a dog. I think that's fake news. I look at him. I go, Dad. Because <laughs> so, I read an article that they're, they're running low on kits to test people. They're I go, not running low. They didn't they, get enough. Yeah. Right. So I go, so you think they wasted a coronavirus test kit on a dog? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Someone tweeted, okay. someone tweeted, they should infect a dog with coronavirus because then white people will find a cure. <laughs> they should. It's uh, actually kind of funny. That's crazy. Uh, um, yeah, so. I'm offended by that. <laughs> Italy, they're not, you, spectators can't go to sporting events. Sporting events will be held, but spectators cannot go. 
So soccer this teams is, are going to play in the empty stadium. This is a stupid question. I'm going to ask it anyway. I mean, are we overreacting? Like, are we overreacting? Like, don't go. Like, don't I've heard fly. That, don't put yourself in an airplane. Don't go to a sporting event. Don't go to school. I think the issue is not me, right? Because I can carry it. My, I'm physically able to fight it myself. The issue is me spreading it to immunocompromised people who are unable sure. to do that. So how do you stop able-bodied humans who don't care about it, like myself, who aren't afraid of contracting it from spreading it? Yeah, you have to tell them not to go don't places. Go anywhere. Because I'm spreading it, right? If I have it and I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter, I'm going to the sporting event. I'm getting on the plane. If I'm carrying it, I'm giving it to other people. I mean, you have to pass it somehow, right? Air, dude. Talking. Surfaces. Doorknobs, everything, like hard surfaces, literally carry it, and it's that's how, that's why the washing of the hands is sure. so like huge. But yeah, I mean, and then, yeah, some people take that tack too, like that's well, just flu, big deal. Not really. It's yeah, just I'm, the flu I wasn't for some saying, people. Like, let's not do that. I'm just, it stinks that they can't figure out where it is, and who's got it, and. Obviously, if you have it, you don't go anywhere. Like you contain yourself, but you're saying we don't. You won't know. It's brand new. Yeah. And so that's why the testing kits are so they're not. You, you, you got to make them. Yeah. And the vaccine has to go through animal trials, then uh, hu clinical human, all the other. It's a process. You know, you got to make sure it actually works and it's not hurting you. Takes a long time, I think. And to even yeah, yeah, and to even get tested, like to even be eligible for a test kit you have to check certain markers and the markers are like you traveled to somewhere, you know, in East Asia in the last, however much right. time. Like, so it's not factoring in your coworker's cousin who did that. Sure. And they're like the people who should be tested, who could be caring. There's just, we have right, no so idea of got, knowing who like patient zero is. Right. They confirmed a couple cases in New York. Right. And yeah. none of those people were, had like, traveled anywhere where the virus was or interacted with anyone who has it so as far as they knew yeah. as far as they knew yeah yeah it's scary man yeah no no i mean i'm not scared for myself it's scary generally i guess yeah how's the dude from iran doing president he was like giving oh, a speech. the guy who was like supposed to do the he was like up they had like yeah he was, and then he um... posted on twitter that he, he confirmed that he had it and yeah, You're he right? was named like the health liaison or whatever. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm gonna okay. So Iran has like these shrines where they. Oh my god, I saw this. Where they encourage people to go because they're healing shrines. So they're basically telling their citizens go to the shrine, kiss the shrine. Oh my god, because it's a healing shrine. Oh my god, are like, they trying to kill their population? Maybe. I, are you kidding me? Maybe. And the Pope, really, dude. You're going to just shake everyone's hand and kiss everyone? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm 59, and my husband and I earn $500,000 a year, but have credit card debt and nothing saved for retirement. What should we do? So Katie Hill answered this question that was sent to marketwatch.com. Katie received a question from a woman whose husband earns 500K a year. They live in a $1.4 million home and have nothing saved for retirement. The woman describes family circumstances that for obvious reasons affected their financial situation. But ultimately, this woman is seeking advice for she and her husband who at 59 and 65 are not prepared for him to stop working. I love, I mean, I just, I'm mortified to speak to a financial advisor. Yeah. Listen, lady. Go speak to a financial advisor. Like you are the one that needs to speak to a financial advisor and you need to go into that meeting open-minded when the advisor says, sell your $1.4 million house and downsize because you're 65 and 59. Like you just have to go into that with an open mind. Look, what the, the cards they were dealt were shitty. Oh, they weren't all shitty. No, you didn't have to pay for all three of your kids to get through college. But a lot of people want to do that. They don't want their kids coming out with debt. But you didn't have to do that. You, the thing with your one son, yeah. you know, his addiction problem. I mean, that's that's 
unfortunately, man, that's becoming a norm. Like we see that a ton. Yeah. And it is. And it's financially draining and there's nothing you can do about it. You need to just take a look. You need to sit down with an advisor and say, look, th- forget about what the hell happened in the past. This is where we are now. What the hell do we need to do so that when my husband's 75 and I'm 65, we can call it quits? And I think too many people get stuck looking back and saying, you know, well, if this didn't happen, if that didn't happen, and you just have to stop looking back and say, this is what we have now. How do we, how do we start from here, start from now and make our situation better three years from now and then five years from now and then 10 years from now? And I, unfortunately, with, with a situation like this, you have to make a lot of wholesale changes, man. I, th- I think if you want to stop working in, that sh- in a shorter period of time, you need to make some pretty drastic changes. Like, like they suggested, sell your home, hold out till Social Security, check your budget, and max, max savings. Um, and maybe she's mortified to go to a financial planner because she doesn't want to, they don't want to hear that. Or they don't want to have to detail what they spend the, I'm going to say, two fifty to 300000 in after-tax money on. Yeah. I mean, that part she left out. There's not enough information here to, to be either like rip her or, or, or not, I think. But the comment section was like brutal. Sure I think you have to read the comments. Uh, yeah, you can imagine. You can imagine that. What were people saying? Oh, wah, wah, wah. Oh, you my know, God. Like, you know, I could live off a tenth of what you made. You know, that, all that kind of stuff. Um, people love to just shame people like this who complain about how they can't make ends meet on high incomes. You know, okay. Um, yeah, I didn't get into the comments. I, maybe I'll go back and do that. <laughs> Sounds entertaining. I think your point's a good one, Jeff. Here we are now today. What can we do to improve the situation? Because what you did or didn't do in the past is what it is. We can't change any of that. Yeah, and the tough advice, the biggest thing that has to happen is she said her husband's a lawyer, partner in a, in a firm. He's 65. He's energetic. He likes what he does. Well, he's going to be doing it a while. Yeah. <laughs> Buckle up. Dude. Yeah. You're going to work for well into your 70s. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you can. And that's a luxury. I mean, a lot of people yeah. can't, you know, aren't in the condition to be able to do that. So, you know, it's not like the most dire situation with the equity in the home and, you know, earning potential, saving potential. It's discipline, though, right? It's kind of a come to Jesus, look in the mirror moment and deciding that if you're going to improve your situation, like you said, Jeff, there's wholesale changes. There are like very deliberate, specific things that have to be done now and clearly haven't done a lot of them left to your own devices. So maybe an advisor and an accountability structure just improves your chances. The other problem with this article is that the, I guess it's the author or whoever the person who responded actually gave a response with details. You'll uh, know them. Yeah. <laughs> How do you answer these questions with in a online in an article market watch you don't even know these people your answer should be i can't answer this until we spend some time together i thought that was odd she like took the story and contacted financial advisors yeah and asked them for advice right. who the hell would have answered that exactly the so, one who sorry yeah the one who gives the backdoor roth ira <laughs> yeah. strategy yeah i was like really we're right. gonna <laughs> And, and then in parentheses, you can read more about backdoor Roths here. False notes that you should consult a tax advisor if you're considering this plan. Like, it can be a little tricky. Yeah, and it's like super unnecessary. Yeah, I guess I guess people write in the market watch. Say like, hey, I have a financial problem or question and yeah. I'm looking for advice. Market watch's response should just be contact your local CFP and set up an appointment and ask them. Right, like, how are you giving advice? One um, of the commenters I remember is so funny. It says, "Oh, well, you should move to the Midwest where I live. The cost of living is great." It's like uh, the dude's a lawyer, he's a lawyer. In probably a high-priced like suburb or a, a city. Uh, that's not an option. All right, we good? Yeah. Top five current professional athletes who could play a different professional sport. You think there's going to be overlap? Probably. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we all have that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's not on my list. LeBron. Are you kidding? 
partially because I knew he was there's <laughs> an overlap. All right, who wants to go first? Go ahead, Jeff. Uh, I have LeBron, and I also named what he. Yeah, like the specific. Sport. I think specific. the sports, but I, I, yeah. I, I narrowed him down to tight end. Yeah, I have him as a tight end yeah, too. Okay. <laughs> um, John Tavares, professional lacrosse. Oh, that's a good one. He's got a lacrosse strain in his family. Yeah, I didn't even yeah. think of that. That's a good yeah. one. Uh, Steph Curry, I think he is a pretty decent golfer, so I would assume he could be a pro golfer. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I think Joel Embiid can definitely be a wide receiver in the NFL. Just for, like, the goal line play. Just bring him <laughs> in when it's, like, fourth and two at the goal line. And just yeah, as put long... some pads and throw it 17 feet in the air and let him go get it. In that scenario, absolutely. But, like, could you see him running a route? No, he doesn't have to. <laughs> Lumbering through. No, like, like one, two, three seconds, he takes four steps. He's 15 feet down the field. All Let's right. throw him the ball. Yeah, you took this to, like, a very specific and I, um, level. And then my last one was Zach Ertz. He's He's got to be able to play professional soccer, right? Like, can his wife kind of – you think, like, <laughs> she taught him how to play soccer? And he's a pro athlete. I mean – he can pick it up, can he? I don't know he? about that. Soccer? I would disagree with that. I have a soccer player on mine, but it's Usain Bolt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he probably could. He would just outrun everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe not. I mean, he'd get tired fast. He needs subs, but he'd be the equivalent to Embiid on the goal line. <laughs> um, I'll just go since go I started. Ahead. Yeah, yeah. And then I have LeBron also. Uh, Russell Westbrook as like a safety. Oh, yeah. He could probably do that. He's, um, he's an angry person. I just put like some soccer player because I don't really know any <laughs> soccer players, but I wanted to spread the wealth a little bit. So like a soccer player could definitely be a kicker in the NFL. Then why aren't – well, I guess they make way more money playing soccer. They don't, do, yeah. do they? And it's probably a way better lifestyle. I think in Europe, not do in America. They? In Europe. I'm talking in about Europe. European and uh, – European soccer the players star make soccer players. a shitload of money. The like highest played athletes in the world they're, are European soccer players. What kicker's a celebrity? No, <laughs> no, none of them are. But like your average Euro soccer player can come to the U.S., be an NFL kicker. You literally play 16 games, dude. They barely practice. I think that's a pretty sweet lifestyle. You're a celebrity. Even average no. soccer players Downful. in Europe, they are loved yes. over there. And here's Nobody gives thing. a shit about kickers here. In the here. NFL, you wear a helmet. Nobody knows what you look like over there. That you're like they're on models. Billboard. Yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo. Have you ever seen what he looks like? <laughs> no. You don't know who he is. <laughs> David probably, Beckham. I know Beckham. Yeah, yeah I don't he's, know. I think he's retired. Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> I feel like he could maybe be like an outfielder. <laughs> That's a good one. I would no give you that. chance. Yes. Dude could cover ground. No chance. He's got hands yeah, he's, and he yeah, can run. I think once you he's put a glove chase on his down hand, a lot of liners in the gap. Yeah, no. I would sign him to the Phillies tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> All right. I got in no order here Jimmy Graham. Okay. Green Bay tight end. Yeah. Played uh-huh. it like, I don't know, he played D1 hoops. Yeah, oh, he so he's just like he's like six seven too. He's like got enough. Like a lot of these, you think six, he can play in the NBA? Yes, yeah. So I think that's the hardest sport to get people into non NBA, non basketball. Going players. to the NBA yeah. from somewhere else. Well, yeah. you have to have the like you're are, you're disqualified if you're like a six four six five tight end who's mm-hmm. athletic because you're just not big enough. Mm-hmm. I, and I didn't think there was many basketball players that can jump from b ball to other sports. Oh, I think there's a lot. I would disagree. The with tight that. end position in football can handle all of them. Not all of them. You, I mean, a ton of them. Like you could replace every tight end with guys from the NBA rosters yeah. and and be fine. No chance. And I would what? argue safeties as well. Corners that covering the somebody yeah. in the, the open field. You Are you uh, kidding? And, and, and this is coming while I was gone. This is coming this, from a he guy. He doesn't even like basketball. I know, <laughs> I'm anti basketball, but I'm acknowledging that Dude, they are like the athletic ability the, on these dudes is insane. Dude. 90% of the time, tight ends are blocking people. Not one person in the NBA will be able to block someone they can in, be in a taught. football game. No way. No way. <laughs> Have you ever seen those guys get in fights? They can't even punch. They can't even make contact. Why do you always go back because to this? Because it just shows how unlike coordinated they could be sometimes. 
Like when if it's not shooting a basketball and jumping out of the out of the building, <laughs> they don't know how to do it. They're like wrestlers. All they can do is wrestle. No, I could not disagree more. Yeah, yeah I, I, right. I'm with Meg on this one. Yes. Okay. I've got Patrick Mahomes can play baseball any day of the week in the in the MLB. You're probably right with that. And I think yeah. he played too. I think he's actually wasn't he drafted? Yeah, I think he might have been. Yeah, there are yeah, a handful. He was, and yeah. then the other guy, same thing, Russell Wilson. Yeah, he was definitely. Yeah, drafted. he was. He kind of made my list. But... And my other two are going to be a little obscure. Roger Federer could play soccer. I don't know that he can, but I just feel like he's so athletic and he's the right like body type that hmm. he could play soccer. Federer. Federer. Oh, you said Federer. <laughs> Plus, he can he can run for five Ever. hours straight. I That's thinking, a good. I was thinking Nadal, and I was like Nadal. I don't think so. No, yeah. he might even be more of a soccer player. He's <laughs> got the headband. And my He's number one, <laughs> my last one. It's not my number one, but you guys don't know. You're gonna know who I'm talking about. <laughs> this is a guy who has the sickest hand eye, and he can apparently he can do anything that you, if you give him a ball. Hockey stick. Well, he's a hockey player. Obviously. <laughs> Knew there had to be one. Joe Pavelski. Oh, Joe Pavelski. This guy. Who does he play for? Well, he got traded to Dallas this year. He's a mm. San Jose Shark, longtime guy. He's okay. apparently like an incredible golfer, which a lot of them are. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean that much. <laughs> but apparently he can do anything at a high level athletically. So I'm just, I'm just saying he can play baseball. He can play pro baseball. Okay. Hand eye is off the charts. He's a great athlete. That's all. He can play any position. All yeah, right. It's my list. What was his name? Pavelski. Joe Pavelski. <laughs> and there's probably 10 other guys that I would say. <laughs> more Pavelski's out yeah. there. Signing off. Thank you okay. for listening. We're out. See you. Thanks for listening. <laughs>